Starting right now. <laughs> ah, sorry about that. All right, ma'am. Hand over your license and registration. Your registration. Hurry up, meow. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> There's something funny here, boy? No, no, no. Well, then why are you laughing, Mr. Larry Johnson? All right, meow, where were we? I'm sorry, are you saying meow? Am I saying meow? I, I, th I thought you... Don't think, boy, meow. Do you know how fast you were going? Welcome to Talking Giants presented by SeatGeek. I'm your host, Bobby Skinner, here with my co-host, Justin Pennick. And we've got an interview with Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com, who the Apple family are huge fans of. We actually, we really talked about the Dable Shane pressers mostly in that. So we're probably going to do some, we're actually not going to be talking much about the pressers. Uh, I think we're talking about like, let's get some ready for some free agency and some draft takes. Actually, we want, we're going to talk about Saquon on the offensive line really is what we want to talk about. Justin uh, how are you feeling? Hey, Bobby Skinner. Yeah, watch the pressers on the train home because I was at the John Boy Media offices today. And specifically hearing Joe Shane, Brian Dable didn't really say much of anything. Like, you know, you're going to he hear... didn't answer anything. It wasn't like he was just boring. He just didn't answer anything. You're going to hear in the Zach Rosenblatt interview. I don't even know if we asked a direct question about the Dable presser. It was everything that was related to a presser was Joe Shane's. You know, I was just thinking today, I know, again, we're it's only quotes, we're at the part where it's only quotes this this part of the offseason, and, you know, the second that Joe Shane maybe cuts or trades somebody who I like, and I'm like, oh, I really wanted to keep this guy, you know, then maybe it'll be a different story, and the love fest with Joe Shane might, uh, I'm not going to say it's going to end, but it may be a little bit different, but I like that Joe Shane is the Giants GM. I, I really do like him. He is a guy that seems like he has a plan, and again... Only quotes, we'll see it how it plays out this draft season free agency and how they manage the cap. But even in times where he's working around answers and saying maybe avoiding, he's still talking about different ways in which a team or he can attack things. And I'm, we're going to talk about it with you know the offensive line and how saying about offensive linemen and intangibles. I'm really happy that Joe Shane is the Giants GM. And I was like, you know what? I, I like the way that he talks, like the way that he presents stuff. Um, Dave Gettleman's way of presenting that he had a plan was him saying, I have a plan. Word. Um, yeah, it's Joe Shane has been a breath of fresh air. Like, I think we're all yeah. excited about Joe Shane. Just a um, feeling, you know, nothing substantial. It's just a feeling that I had as a fan. Yeah, and it's like obviously we gotta it's it's wait and see as always, but the the free agency we kind of know what's happening like cut wise, except for one thing. Like we know something's gonna happen with Blake Martinez. Uh, you know, there's gonna have to be a decision made there. With you know, Joe Shane talked about his contingency plans, and I think Blake Martinez might be the guy who falls into that the most. You know, guys who have the uh, you know the rookie salary bump like Julian Love, Darius Slayton, and Caden Smith. Like those guys could be moved on from, and we'd understand why. Um, James Bradbury seems like he's gone. I think we've all come to peace with that because we're going to get some trade value out of him. If they just cut James Bradbury, then I would be pissed off. I'm like, you should have figured out something to get a trade uh, partner with this guy. The one guy who I think we're both, we don't know what's going to happen is Saquon Barkley. Like, you know, and he said he's willing to all, all things. I don't, I wouldn't read into that too much, you know? Um, but I'm at a point where I'm just waiting for Saquon Barkley to be traded, Justin. Like it, it's so, and we've repeated this take on mailbag pause over and over, but there's just no winning situation 
for keeping Saquon Barkley next season. There's really not. You the the off chance that he stays healthy for a full season and balls out, um, then it's like okay, well you have to pay him or you let him walk. And I I'm done. Don't talk to me about comp picks. Seriously, don't talk to me about betting on a comp no. pick for a guy who hasn't been healthy since 2018 and plays a position where he's not going to get a huge contract, even if he plays really well. You know, like teams aren't paying running backs a ton anymore. Like every single, like especially in free agency, not from your own team. It's one thing to resign your own guys like Dalvin Cook or Christian McCaffrey. Teams are not going to go out in the market and spend a ton of money on a Saquon Barkley, even if he has one really this good year. Like he's also far aren't comp from picks. A good year. Aren't comp picks shaped around playing time? So you would not only be relying on Saquon Barkley to get paid, number one, you'd be relying on him wherever he goes the next year to play games, which that's not that's not a guarantee. You can't and that's the thing with Saquon. I I the if he's healthy can't be a part of the conversation anymore, Saquon Barkley. And again, he can be healthy for one year. It's not like if he's healthy like for every game next year, is it the wildest thing in the world? No. But two years in a row? Yes, it would be wild. He hasn't been healthy since two thousand eighteen. Okay, he has not been healthy since 2018, and even then he had a camp injury. 2019 banged up the whole the whole year, base essentially. 2020, you know the uh, you know the huge injury. 2021 coming off the injury, the sprained ankle. Like it's and he plays a position where it just gets worse and worse as time goes on with those guys. They're in a no win situation. If he plays really well, then you got to pay a running back who's injury prone. That's not a good situation. We shouldn't be paying Saquon Barkley big money, especially in what would be year two of a rebuild for this team. Even though you know they. Uh, Joe Shane kind of had the same line as Dave Gellman as we're, we're, you know, essentially winning while rebuilding um, and, and different words. If he sucks, then you're letting him walk or you're re-signing, a, you know, a, a bad running back and he's going to get in your, you're giving him more money because of who he is, you know, because who Saquon is, Barkley is, who, where he was drafted does matter to the Giants organization and around the league. Like, I just feel like they're in a no-win situation with Saquon Barkley. You can't go with the approach of the trade deadline because, Again, there's a better chance than not that he's going to get injured. And who's going to want, uh, you know, uh, who's going to give you more for eight games of Saquon Barkley compared to 17? Like, who's going to do that? So I just feel like the Giants kind of have to be in the mode of trying to cherry Saquon Barkley. Now, listen, if the only thing they could get is a sixth or a seventh, would I personally think about doing it? I would because he has that seven mil dead cap. But I, I would be somewhat understandable of not doing it. But they should be shopping him and giving him to the best bidder. The best bidder. And there's one team out there that I'm telling you will convince himself of Saquon Barkley. Okay, because Saquon Barkley, when he's right, is a hell of a talent. And there's one team out there. I, there's got to be one team out there that's going to convince themselves of that. There just has to be. And seven mils a, a, isn't like cheap, isn't expensive or isn't super cheap, but it's also not like super expensive. You know, it's not taking on uh, James Bradbury's contract or some other $15 million contract. You know, a lot of teams can fit seven mil on their books. Yeah, Bobby, at this point, if you are a fan who did watch the Giants every Sunday the last two years, or really even the last three, um, now if you don't watch the Giants every Sunday, I can understand why you would want to keep Saquon Barkley. I I get it. You still have the shades of 2018. 2018 was fun. 2018 was exciting. He had the big plays. He had the electric plays. So if you're not watching... If you're not watching in 2019, if you're not watching every Sunday and you're a passive Giants fan, I get it. Why you would want this guy to be on your football team? But if you're if you're a Giants fan who's with it every week, and you're also a football fan who watches football and pays attention to football around the National Football League, and you still think that the Giants need this game difference running back on their team, 
I don't know what to say to you. I, I, I just, I just don't know what to say to you anymore. And we will have to probably come to the realization where I know you were very much in the middle of the season. Now times change. You know, there's, I'm not going to hold you, I'm not going to hold anything against you when you say that the Giants need to trade Saquon Barkley for a second, third rounder. Um, But I think we do need to accept the reality that $7 million for a running back is a steep price tag, especially for a running back that is injury prone. And the Giants trading Saquon Barkley right now, this offseason, isn't solely just about a salary dump. It, It definitely isn't about getting a draft pick back. Trading Saquon Barkley, the value in trading him is that he is not on your team. And then you don't have to worry about, are we going to be in a situation where we have to pay him? Are we going to be in a situation where he plays good and then we have to pay him? And then when we pay him, it's not going to work. It is not going to work if we sign Saquon Barkley to a multi-year extension. It will not work. Name me the time in the last five years, Bobby, that extending a running back has worked for a team in the National Football League. Christian McCaffrey, it's not even working right now. No, it's not. The only one you can re- is maybe Dalvin Cook. Like, really, that's the only one. He was hurt this year. <laughs> yeah, and so, and again, like the Vikings aren't aren't killing it, but I also I'm not going to put that on one player. Um, and he plays a position, Justin, because people. Well, let's get the O line, like, because the, the Giants have failed Saquon Barkley. Like, let's not like you know if this is a different conversation if we're in year two and not going into year five. You know, like they're like Saquon can be a valuable piece when he's right, but the thing is, is he hasn't been right, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna bet that he's going to get right. I'm not, I'm not gonna do the further he gets no. into his career, bet he's gonna no, get you, better. No, you, you had a really healthy. good point on the Jones year in review pod, where you're like, if you're thinking that Jones can turn around and be good, it's based off of faith. It's not really anything, anything realistic, and I think it's the same thing. I don't want to say realistic, but it's the same argument with Saquon Barkley, where if you're thinking that Saquon Barkley can turn around, be healthy, and be a good player, then it's off of faith, which it's good to have faith, but there's nothing substantial that's been shown that that can actually happen. Well, and and if Jones were to turn it around and be really good, that's awesome. Let's let's franchise tag him and see another year of it. With Saquon, it's like, well, now we got to pay him, you know, or let him walk for nothing. And maybe a comp pick, maybe a comp pick, which again, at most is going to be a, essentially the first, the first, you know, the beginning of the fourth round, yeah. you know, like that's at most what you're going to get yeah, out Dave of Dave Gettleman banked on comp picks and look at how well that worked out for us. I think what Landon Collins was the best return that we got. And yeah, that was Collins Matt, was the one and that, that was Matt Parrott, by the way, that was Matt Parrott. Yeah, look at how Collins good he turned was out. The, Collins, yeah, I don't want to, you know, it's, it's a. What you do with it is different than the like. I I think the Collins decision was smart. I don't think they got more than that. Um, trade tr- you know trade wise, maybe they got offered a third. I don't know. Um, but he and he plays a position, Justin. That the ba- last two years where we've had bad offensive line play, the run game got a little better for the Giants in twenty twenty. Uh, you know, offensive line wise, but where Wayne Gallman and Devonte Booker, who neither are particularly good, I don't think Wayne Gallman's really good at all. Honestly, you know, I know. Uh, a lot of people like Wayne Gallman. I never really did because I didn't think he added much besides just running straight and hard. But and Devonte Booker were able to do okay behind bad offensive lines like those two guys. So you know, if you're making the argument for you know Saquon Barkley, you fix the offensive line, he can be really good. Well, how about you get someone who's won two million dollars and they're averaging four point eight yards per carry behind a, a bad offensive line, where you know Devonte Booker averaged four point two behind a horrible. Run blocking offensive line. What did Wayne Gallman average in, in twenty twenty? He averaged more than that. He averaged four uh, four point six. 
those are behind bad offensive lines. The best Saquon Barkley did was five yards per carry his rookie year. And then I think it was 4.8 his second year. Yeah. You know, and he didn't have any runs of 50 plus yards. I don't care how banged up Saquon Barkley is. The fact that he didn't have a single run over 50 plus yards is insane. So guess what? I think we can get an average running back or maybe you draft one in the fourth, fifth round. And it's a position where you see the late guys turn into something. And those guys can average 4.7, 4.8 yards per carry for yep. you if you fix to the offensive line. Like, bet, bet on that. And again, like, there's some tough decisions. Like, moving on from Bradbury is going to be tough. Moving on from Blake Martinez would be tough. Hell, even moving on from Slayton would be tough because he's so cheap right now, you know? But, like, Saquon Barkley should be an easy decision for this for this yeah. uh, regime under Joe Shane. And it should be a priority. Like, it shouldn't even just be an easy decision. It should be a priority where... If Saquon Barkley does end up on the Giants this upcoming year, you know, I I don't know what goes on behind closed doors and behind the scenes and the conversations that Joe Shane has with other GMs, but I would be disappointed. I'd be disappointed in, in Joe Shane and not finding something that would work. Because that's what this week for is that's what this week at the Combine's for, too. Having conversations with people around the league. Listen, you could get a 2023 draft pick. Hell. And, uh, you know, Research Rick pointed this out. Maybe maybe you're bringing a player back, you know? Like, let's not forget how untradeable Olivier Vernon was. You know, no one's going to trade for Olivier Vernon. Like, we all had resigned to the fact Olivier Vernon's going to be cut. We traded him for Kevin Zeitler, you know? Yep. There has to be some type of market for Saquon Barkley because there's teams that are going to convince themselves of what Saquon Barkley can be because what Saquon Barkley can be is insane. He is someone who can like has added wins at the running back spot of two first seasons uh, as a New York Giant. Um, but it's just it's time to move on from Saquon Barkley because you're you're heading into this final year. It, it's just it, there's there's really no good argument for keeping him unless unless you think this team can win a Super Bowl this year. There's no good argument for keeping yeah. Saquon Barkley. One of the things that we talked about in our Zach interview was offensive line. Talked a lot about that at the end. Joe Shane talked a lot about kind of what he values in an offensive lineman. Um, you know, talking about intangibles and character a little bit even more than physical traits and what he looks at like on film. And there was even references to, hey, you don't need to necessarily build up an offensive line by taking everybody in the first round. Um, I know you have some thoughts on that, and it's also been a discussion on Giants Twitter, Giants socials th- this this week too amongst fans. Yeah, it's it's relevant, and it's it's. I try to we try to not get into these draft conversations until the month of April hits, you know, because that, so many things changes. And again, we we have no idea what's going to happen in free agency. A lot's going to change, you know. The way we looked at the Giants roster pre-free agency 2021 was totally different the way we did you know april 1st um and i i said this earlier in the week justin that if akima kwanu and evan neal aren't there at five i don't want to take an offense alignment with pick five or pick an offensive tackle with pick five or seven now some people may like charles cross more than me fine that's your that's your opinion my opinion is that he's not worth one of those picks but the conversation has talked about you like oh you can build an offensive line with the later rounds i think that you can kind of do that with almost every position besides QB and edge for the most part. Um, you know, and edge, obviously, there's late round guys that work out. Um, but I feel like those are the two positions where it's like the first round guys are the guys that are at the top of the league consistently. Um, that's fine. But there has to be a real plan for fixing this offensive line. Okay? It can't it can't be, you know, picking someone just in the third or fourth round. Like, there needs to be a plan that if those guys aren't there, 
then then like this is our plan. And I think one of them is like should be really trying to trade back. Because there's a guy, Kenyon Green, I'd be willing to take him at seven. I know a lot of people wouldn't take a guard at seven. I get that. And I don't think I don't think the Giants would take him at seven. But you know what? If we were to trade back to pick twelve and get Kenyon Green, that's a lot freaking sweeter. Or, or oh, whatever yeah. pick. I'd just throw in a rent. Like yep. that makes a lot more sense. There has to be a real plan. And I know the Bills offensive line doesn't have a bunch of first round picks, but Dawkins was there before, I believe. And their offensive line really isn't very good with the Bills. You know, they had some decent free agent signings, and we talked with Anthony, but, like, you know, they were great in sack rate, but a lot of that was due to Josh Allen. Look at their pressure rate. It wasn't very good. Yeah, but, but I mean, also, you have to remember with the whole pressure rate, and I've told you this, and I, I want you to, you know, we have to, it, it also has to come down to watching film of the Bills, too. Maybe that's something that needs to be done, but... Josh Allen holds on to the ball for a very long time. It's time to throw in the National Football League has been close to three seconds the last couple of years. So when a quarterback's holding on to the ball for three seconds, it's tough for an offensive line to not allow and give up that pressure. So that's that's the give and take when you have to say, oh, the Bills offensive line isn't that good. Yeah, they're not great, but Josh Allen holding on to the ball inflates that pressure rate. Right, but I mean, when we talked with Anthony, you know, uh, you know, Anthony uh, Provaca of, of Cover One, like he... So, yeah, they signed a decent center free agency, and Deion Dawkins is good, but, like, the rest of the offensive line wasn't anything to write home about. So, there has to, like, I, the last 10 years, the Giants organization has not taken building the offensive line serious. It has been, it's been much more than just bad draft picks. Like, this offensive line doesn't need to be totally turned around in year one, but there needs to be serious steps taken, you know? And, again, if, if Evan Neal or Kimi Kwanu are there at five and they don't take one of them, I will be pissed. Like, I really will. And you yeah. know me, like I, I'm, I like to look at and like, you know, trust the guys that do what they're doing, but there would be like, you know, if they took Isaiah Simmons, I wouldn't have been, actually, I would have been pretty livid, but I would be pissed if Kim Aquanu or Evan Neal are there at five and they have this mindset of, oh, well, we can just, you know, we can build offensive line later in the round. Yeah. Like I would be flat out pissed off if, if one of those guys is there and they don't draft them. Yeah, it doesn't seem like there's a lot of the slam dunk superstar guys in the in the draft, then it seems like Neil and Aquanu are two guys that might be those guys, you know, that, that you really, that you really would get excited over. Um, so we'll see how it pans out. The thing that I liked most about, again, Shane, and I talked, we talked about this with Zach Rosenblatt towards the end of the interview too. We talked about O-line towards the end. So make sure you stay tuned for that. But even if they don't take somebody first round, Bobby, let's just say Aquanu and Neil are gone uh, by the time we get to five, which is a possibility. I do feel confident that, Joe Shane and this front office, at least Joe Shane, I don't know about the rest of the front office, but you know, some of the scouts that we have left, but uh, I feel confident that that he, that he is going to have a plan because he talks about, intent, again, the intangibles and character being probably just as important as those physical traits. Um, you know, and even when he's dancing around answers, Bobby, the ability to still talk specifically about what he looks for. I, I liked it, and he was specifically talking about that with the offensive line, where it's important to play as five, not just have the guys that are the biggest, the strongest, and the most athletic. So the ability to, to play for five and whatever they come away with in these interviews, whether it's an interview that they did at the Senior Bowl, an interview they're going to do at the Combine, or Zoom conversation, FaceTime conversations they're going to have in the next upcoming months. So um, I do trust that he is going to have you know, the plan and, and do his due diligence on that end. Yeah, they've given us no reason to not, but like, Again, if Aquanu and Neil are gone at 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 uh, pick five, if they take Kayvon Thibodeau and Ahmad Gardner at five and seven, at the end of day one, we're doing our day one recap. Am I happy? 
Yeah. Am I a little disappointed those guys didn't fall to us? Yeah, but you can't control that. But if we finish day two, where we have a second round pick, two third round picks, maybe even get another one in, in there with a James Bradbury trade, and if we're feeling crazy, maybe they'll say, like, maybe having four picks on day two, and like last year, we finished day two without an offensive line. Yeah. I mean, then I'm going to be pissed. You know, then I'm going to be pissed. You know, whereas it's kind of the similar situation as last year. Where on day three, people were freaking out and not picking someone in the fourth, fifth round. I was like, you should have been pissed off today. You should have been pissed off yesterday and on Thursday. You know, those are the days you should have been pissed off. You should have been pissed off in free agency as a whole. But like day, you know, day, like, don't try and fill out this offensive line with day three guys. Pick no, offensive they, they line are, on day They three. are aware of it too because it was both Shane and Dable like laughed at the fact that we only have five healthy offensive linemen on the roster. So that's the difference also between this regime and the previous regime. Dave Gettleman would you know, laugh in the face if you ever doubted that the Giants didn't have a good offensive line. We trust our guys. We trust Lemieux. We trust Parrott. You know, hey, they had Nate Solder in their back pocket too. That worked out great. And, you know, that that was that, right? Whereas, like, Joe Shane and Brian Dable are literally laughing at the fact that they have five healthy offensive linemen. And I can imagine maybe, you know, one or two of them on the team next year out of those five healthy ones. So, well, Let's look at like the offensive linemen on the roster right now that are healthy. Thomas and Bredesen. Shane yeah. Lemieux coming off an injury. Nick Gates coming off an injury. Matt Parrott coming off an injury. Billy Price, Will Hernandez, free agents. Wes Martin, I think, is a free agent because he was... He, I don't know. But we again, signed him from the practice squad. <laughs> again, it's Wes Martin. Um, Corey Cunningham. like uh, Corey, Actually, guy. no. Corey Cunningham, I don't think... Is I think he'd be a free agent too because he's this is his fourth year, so I think his con- his rookie contract is up. There you go. Um, yeah, like it's uh, so we got Thomas and Ben Bredesen. Bredesen, okay. Who Ben Bredesen couldn't unseat Matt Scurro. Tough, tough. So this um, there, this it needs to be addressed, and maybe free agency changes it a little bit. Like may, like there's a good chance that if there's one position they do spend a little money on free agency, it is offensive line. Yeah, I'm thinking interior. I'm thinking interior O-line because there's a shit ton of them. There is a shit ton of interior offensive linemen in free agency. Like, I can't even tell you who. I mean, this, there's going to be guys that are going to get big money, but then you you would think there's going to be guys that are going to get one- to two-year deals, and I think that's where the Giants are going to fall into. And I think they're going to be in the market for an edge rusher possibly getting a, a, a one-year deal. And you've seen a lot of, a lot of edge rushers get one-year deals, and – you know, have success. I really do think Jerry Hughes from the Bills is going to be a giant. I, I kind of think that's a lock. Um, he balled in the playoffs. I've been watching our cover one friends talk about him. And it's yeah. like, no, Jerry Hughes is a baller. I'm not going to argue with you Bills fans. Um, One other thing I want to touch on, and I forgot about this. I didn't tell you. Joe Shane, during the fan questions, talked about upgrading the technology in the building, which I, I was talking with Jordan Ron on it. You know, we were talking with Jordan Ron on about that, and he didn't really – have like a good grasp of what specifically they were doing. But Joe Shane did talk about how he wants everything to be on a computer, like utilizing this computer program where you click on a player, then boom, all the reports come up. All the film can come up on a guy that they have available. Um, He did still mention, which this is the part that makes me feel bad for Joe Shane, uh, that they are still using the magnetic boards, which I think that that's what Dave Gettleman had, um, where they didn't get, they didn't make all the upgrades to the tech stuff. But I can't imagine how difficult it is. Maybe not so much for the coaching staff, because the coaching staff, they're eventually going to connect and they're eventually going to start speaking their own same language and eventually come together. But Joe Shane, like right now, 
how difficult it is that he is bringing in probably new tech stuff, a new way of doing things, a new way of going about stuff. Thank God that he evaluated rounds one through four before he got here. Because all these scouts that probably have never worked with this shit... Now, maybe I'm being naive and maybe they're it's like not that hard. But the language that he speaks, the way that he goes about scouting, the language that the other, that the other scouts speak that were already here, the technology that they use or the lack of technology... You know, remember that big binder that Gettleman had during the COVID draft? Um, Look, I just feel bad for I'm him. a binder guy. I, I know you're a binder guy, but I there's a part of me that feels bad for Joe Shane that he's probably just like going absolutely crazy. I can imagine that's the case. All right. That's it, right? Yeah. Yeah, nothing really from the Bro, Dable. Brian Dable, don't um, chew gum while at the presser because it makes you breathe real heavy. <laughs> that was the best part. Uh, he was very. He wasn't very playful, um, but uh, it is what it is. All right. When Covington and Masvidal step into the octagon this Saturday at UFC 272, DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC, has a knockout offer for new customers. Going to knock your ass out. Like, literally, this DraftKings is coming. It's going to knock you on the ground. Bet just $1 on the main event and get $100 in free bets no matter what. Could be a first-round knockout. Could be majority draw or double knockout resulting in a no, no contest. No matter the outcome, you get paid. And then you get laid. If Sportsbank isn't available in your state yet, you can still feel the thrill of UFC 272 with DraftKings free DraftKings free to play pools. Everyone can enter a free pool with ten thousand dollars in prizes. And if you ask the old me, I would clean that pool for you. Answer a handful of questions like how long the fight will last and who will walk out a winner and follow along to track your results. Speaking of pools, Justin, I ran into my old boss today. Sure. Just kind of, you know. Shot the breeze for five minutes. And, Did you uh, ask him how long the UFC fight was going to be? I didn't. He's not really a UFC. I was Shame. just like, I was like, how are you guys doing employee wise? I know it's hard to find good. It's hard to find good employees. I know. You know so that's why I should be valued, John Boy. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code John Boy. Throw down just one dollar on the UFC 272 main event and get one hundred dollars in free bets no matter the outcome. That's code John Boy this Saturday at DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of UFC. Hi, right, here's Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com. Come on, pay attention in there. Let's go. We got a beautiful day. Work. Play fast. Play fast. Whoa. Ah. All right, we want to welcome you back on to the show with us live from Indianapolis. It is Zach Rosenblatt from NewJersey.com. Zach, we need to find a TV show that we can watch again together because I think the last time that you were on, we were both obsessed with Mayor of Easttown. And I just saw Kate Winslet won like an award for it like a, a couple days ago. So it's a nice full circle for us. Yes, that makes me very happy for her. Love her. Yeah. <laughs> How are you, my friend? Thank you for joining us. I'm good, man. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's obviously been a quiet couple of weeks after it was a busy offseason for the Giants, but uh, I'm ready for things to get, get, get cooking again and try and find out some info while I'm out here. And it, it's weird being back here because we obviously weren't here last year. And the last time we were here was right before the, the pandemic hit, or I guess. Yeah. COVID was probably already spreading at that point, and we just didn't know about it or whatever. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's weird being back here, but it feels good to be around everybody again. And that was your first year on the Giants beat, right? Yeah, that was my I, – I was just start. I was just transitioning from Eagles to Giants, like, at the Combine. And I, I actually, it's funny because I remember uh, being at, like, Howie Roseman's press conference, and he had, like, a water bottle, and he, like, made a joke. He's like, I don't want to get COVID. Or, like, it was, like, some bad joke that he probably couldn't have made, like, a week after that. But <laughs> Shucks. Yeah. Zoinks. 
it's specifically nj.com not uh not not newjersey.com justin we got to oh, get that right me. i actually appreciate that bobby thank you yeah you know eli apple's mother <laughs> made it clear it's nj.com <laughs> that we don't like uh <laughs> We I, we I forgot to put this on the rundown. You took second in the Tony Award voting. We haven't had yeah. you on the show since. Now, that would mean you're the favorite to win next year because Duggan can't win. Well, yeah. Well, I, I, I saw Jordan's going to full-on suck up this, this next year, so I need to grease the wheels myself and, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you know, th- throw a Talking Giants versus the World tweet up on a random moment when nobody wow. was in and, you know. Just yeah, it. we've been really – you know, giving people tips because all the tips help us where it's like, you yeah, know, like it's, it's, this is, yeah, as you guys talked about, this is all selfish and you don't, all you want is more attention for it. So. Well, it's the exact same thing as the good yeah, guy yeah, award yeah, yeah. by the media. It's, yeah, it's whoever yeah. was the nicest to us gets an award at the end of the year. <laughs> um, you know, so it's like, you know, Jordan's like, you know, you got to just have us on on your podcast with you. It's like, all right, you got to like write an article about this, this success. Yeah, I have own. written about you guys multiple times at this point. This is true. That's true. You that you've written true. you've written about us, but not like did, about I, us. Well, Nick Gates no, versus I did the, the Nick Gates thing I wrote about you guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nick Gates versus but, the world was definitely. And, about and I also I started Penkin. You know, I did that on purpose. You did. So. You did start Penkin. This is very true. Yeah, and <laughs> uh, you know, our, our I mean, our relationship started with DeAndre Baker, where we're giving out our like legal tips, and then you're like, ah, I'm talking to like an actual like lawyer. And stuff. <laughs> you're giving out legal tips, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but let's. Let's get into the Giants. You know, there's there's plenty of time for you to, you know, make your uh, case for the Tony Award. <laughs> Daniel Jones is the starting QB right now, right now, was said by Joe Shane. Now, you listen to the video, and it's basically saying that he's the starting QB for 2022. It's It seems that way. Maybe there's a QB in this draft they love. Um, let's just throw out that scenario right now. What do you see, like, their... Like from what you've heard, like what do you think they think of Daniel Jones? And then with that, what is their backup QB plan? Is it gonna be like you know maybe someone that's better than Mike Lennon, but kind of let's say Mike Lennon eleven level, or are they actually gonna try and bring in a Marcus Mariota? Trubisky might be out of their range, but like th- that type of player for their backup. Yeah, you know it is funny. Anytime like a GM says the right now thing, because it's happened so many times where they say that and then they wind up trading like Josh Rosen or whatever it is, like. That, that always happens. I, I don't think this is that. I, I, I do think he's their quarterback this year. I, they're not going to do much better than him in reality. Um, but yeah, so in terms of what they think about him, I think I think they're intrigued by him. I think they think he could be a good quarterback. I, I, they're not like, I don't think they're necessarily like, you know, married to the idea of keeping him long term. Otherwise, they would be exercising that option. I, I don't think they're going to. Um, that's not, they said they haven't decided yet. I, I, I feel, it, I don't know if it would make much sense to exercise the option, but um yeah, it's, I mean, it's going to be interesting. I, uh, I I think that they their goal is to, like, you know, give them a better support system, but it's going to be hard to do that because they keep talking about how they need to clear all this cap and make these hard decisions. So they're going to have to get rid of the guys. And so your roster is going to be weakened at that point. You have to fill those holes, and they need to revamp the offensive line, or you're probably going to start a couple of rookies, you would think, uh, low-level veterans. And so it's going to be interesting. It's going to be – it's still going to be hard to – it's always going to be hard to evaluate them. Hopefully they put them in a better spot to succeed next year. Um, but yeah, in terms of the backup, I, I definitely, they definitely have, I mean, they have to get somebody better than Mike Glenn in it. It shouldn't be very hard to do that. Um, uh, yeah, like you said, I think the Mariotas and Trubisky's are probably out of their price range, especially Trubisky. I think, you know, a couple of weeks ago, I, you know, got the impression that they would like, would be interested in that, but now it, it just sounds like he's going to get a starting opportunity. So, and, and he would have to compete for that with Jones in theory or whatever, and he probably wouldn't start here right away. Um, 
So yeah, I wouldn't say those guys. It would probably be more. I'd have to look at the free agents who they are, but I I, I imagine it's going to be like a, you know, a step above Mike Lennon, but not maybe not like they're not still like it's going to spend like ten million dollars on a backup. It's still going to be pretty low cost, I would imagine. Who had the question that was uh, follow or you know before Joe Shane were open for business and it was in terms of trades? I think it was Jordan, right? Yeah, th- yeah, I think well because he was asking. Uh, about like the draft picks, I believe, like if he's like yeah. willing to make trade. It, I mean, that, that Shane's big thing was he's always willing to listen, which, you know, I, I, I the last GM, sometimes he would say we are open for business, but a lot, you know, that he would do the stuff like with the Saquon, he, he was not, he, you know, a bag of donuts or whatever that famous quote was yeah. like, like Joe, Joe Shane is, he's going to be willing, he's willing to trade back. I'd be surprised if they traded up, but he, he says he would, if, if it was the deal was right. He'll listen to offers on pretty much any players. Like that's that's the right way to be. You have to be open to all things. But I think Jordan also threw in the name like Saquon. Yeah, so, yeah, so, so that, that was that was an earlier question. He asked, like, yeah, uh, about Saquon. He, he said, I'm I'm open to anything. And I mean, I, you know, I my my takeaway, you know, I, I saw Ian Rapport was like saying that I, that he doesn't think they'll trade him or whatever, but I don't know. Just you you over you overreact to these things. And this is like our one of our first times even talking to them. So you don't know like if they're being completely truthful with us, but I got the impression that they're at least willing to trade him. Like, I, I don't know if they will, you know, you have to balance like, you know, what you can get back for him with the savings and, you know, what they plan on doing. If they're getting rid of Bradbury, they maybe don't necessarily need to trade Barkley kind of thing. It, it just depends on what their plan is, what they want to do. If they, if they want to surround Daniel Jones with talent, Saquon Barkley's talented, even if he can't stay healthy. So I don't know, but so I, I would say they're definitely going to listen to offers. I would imagine Joe Shane is going to be talking to other GMs this week about Saquon. Yeah about James Bradbury, about guys like that. Yeah, and what Ian was saying, and I think it was mostly opinion, um, but he wasn't even talking about will the Giants do it. He was talking about, which this makes me kind of This is what worries me. For the first time. He was talking about, like you said, Zach, the return and how teams wouldn't be interested in, number one, picking up that $7 million for a player that's been hurt. And then, number two, you're not only taking on that you know that that $7 million, you know, the, the cap hit, but you're also giving up a draft pick. So, I don't know, Zach, you know, we're, we're Giants fans. We, we, watch, we watch the team every day, and we like to think, at least in our brains, that Saquon Barkley, this, this guy is worth something, right? Even though we've watched him and we get frustrated by him. Now hearing what Ian Rapport had to say about the return, where are you on that and where are you thinking about what, what can the Giants get somewhat of a good return? I'm not even going to ask you what return can they get, but can they get something that could work and we all can be like, all right, makes sense. Like if they get offered a fifth or a sixth, like are you? Do you think they'll take that, or and or would you? So, so what I was what I was gonna say is I, I think if they if they trade them, it, it probably is more about the cap savings than the return they're getting. In reality, mm-hmm. it's all I mean it's almost a salary dump, and I don't know if the Giants want to you know I don't, especially John Mayer. Like I don't know if they want that like the PR of just giving up Saquon for a fifth round pick. So I don't know. I mean, if you look at you know, the only reason I would think I would argue that maybe they get something more is you look at te- their teams. There's someone that would fall. All it takes is one team. And that you, you know, the, the Texas, I mean, Bill O'Brien's not running any teams anymore, unfortunately, but like, you know, he's a third round pick for Duke Johnson, you know, and, and last year, Sonny Michelle was traded for what a fourth round pick, I think fourth and a sixth, or it was like something like that. And Saquon's, you know, when he's healthy, he's better than Sonny Michelle. Um, and he's more dynamic and like, like if you're, if you're a, a really good team and you're like, you feel like you're a piece of you're running back away on offense and you know, you can, you know, make them a big part of your passing game. Like I could see a team convincing themselves. All right, maybe we give them a, you know, even if it's a pick next year, not even this year or something like that, like where they do like a late round pick and then, you know, a fourth next year or a conditional third or like something like that, like maybe, 
Um, I don't think that's going to happen, but like I could see that, see a scenario where it does. But I, I think how it goes is he's back. I personally have thought that. I mean, I, my, I would say the percentage went down today after hearing the comments, but you know, maybe, you know, cause they're probably not gonna be a very good team this year in reality, even if they're competitive. So maybe he's healthy at the trade deadline and he's starting to look more like himself. Even if he's good, you don't want the reality is giving a running back a second contract is a bad idea, no matter yeah. what. So maybe you can get something for him at the trade deadline when a team's trying to, you know, make a Super Bowl run. Yeah. Which scares me because he's, he hasn't stayed healthy since his rookie season, even then he got hurt. Yeah, in camp. So, so you're risking like value even going down more in theory. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it is less time to, for the, him to have an impact on a roster. He, now <clears throat> the guys where it's like, you know, James Bradbury's name is hot in the streets for obvious reason. He does have a good trade market most likely. And he's got a big cap hit. Um, Joe Shane mentioned like, Hey, we have a bunch of contingency plans for what happens. And there's some things that are out of our control. And then also mentioned like talking with agents of their current uh, uh, on the current roster while also saying he doesn't want to restructure, you know, that's a last case resort, but is, is restructures coming? And is there anyone who like can, they can really like pitch on a pay cut? Cause I look at like the guys who they can pitch on a pay cut. And I just don't know if those guys are on the roster. Yeah. That's, that's the tough part. Cause a lot of the guys that you would want to give a pay cut to are probably guys that could just go and sign for, that money somewhere else or something like, like, like Blake Martinez is an interesting one. Like, you know, he's making, he's not going to make w- what he's currently making somewhere else if they cut him because he's coming off an ACL injury and all that. So like, does he want to come back here? Would he rather just like go and follow Patrick Graham or something like that? Like, would he even t- accept a pay cut? You know, Darius Slayton's one, his salary went up. Uh, he obviously had a bad year. I don't think they can keep him at his current salary just based on how he played last year. Guys like that. Um, what, what was the original question? Like our, our restructures, oh, restructures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, yeah, so I, I'm the one that asked him that because he, you know, he had mentioned that. But if you like, he keeps talking, that forty million dollar number is the one that they keep bringing up. Um, and I, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they would just outright cut James Bradbury. Um, I mean, I guess and if they just didn't find anything and they absolutely need that money. Um, so, I don't know. A scenario where I could see them restructuring is if they're having a tough time, like getting the trade done by, um, like when free agency starts and so they decide that you know they want to restructure Leonard Williams or you know whatever one of those guys that you're confident is going to be here long term which I don't know if they have a lot of those guys uh, is another thing like I don't know if you really want to keep kick the bucket down the road with Kenny Galladay for example um yeah although, I mean he would he would make sense I guess in theory uh because you're stuck with him anyway but um yeah so I, I don't know I I, I do. I, I think he meant it when he said it was, it's a last case scenario like I, I don't think he wants to do his I think he wants to that's why the, the tough decisions thing is going to come from the fact that rather than restructure all these guys, they're just going to cut bait on a talented player like James Bradbury, as opposed to restructuring four different guys and, you know, pushing it back and when they're not going to be good anyway. So it, it's going to be a very interesting balance because he keeps talking about how he wants to be competitive this year. And if you're getting rid of your best cornerback and, you know, your starting middle linebacker and, you know, your number two running back and, and all that stuff, like it, it's going to be hard to be competitive because you have to fill those jobs with somebody else too. And you're probably not going to be, it's going to be rookies and it's going to be, you know, cheap veterans. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how he threads that needle. And, and he, he seems like he knows what he's doing. The Bills had to do this when he arrived there. I know they traded a few guys and they cut a few guys. So it, I, I would, I mean, you, you look at that and, and think they'll probably do something similar, but it, it's going to be very interesting to see how it plays out. Cause like, especially I, the one thing I have to keep thinking with Bradbury, like I, I, I think he has value. I think he's a good player, but I, everybody in, in the league knows that they're, they want to get rid of him. So right. Like, so what is his value really at that point? I mean, he has one year left on his deal, I believe. Um, and the cap uh, number, again, we're talking about Saquon, that cap number. I mean, you yeah, I mean, think Saquon's number is high. 
But well, I would say Bradbury's cap number almost seems better. Like 13 and a half million for a, you know, pro bowl caliber cornerback is like a really good number, I would say in theory. And, and does whoever... that now this could be a stupid question, but you know, does that whatever bonus that comes in the month of March or there, cause his cap number with the giants is like 21 million. Yeah, yeah, so how does that work that's out? Because of all the bonuses, like, it, it's just the salary when they trade him and the other team just inherits the salary and gotcha. salary okay. 13 and a half million. All right, so. so that's better. So for okay. the other, so that, that, I mean, that's why the giants have to trade him is because of that cap hit is so high. Um, yeah. And because they could save so much and he has value. Like it, it's just like, it's the irony because it's one of the few like good Dave's Gettleman signings and they have to get rid of him because of all his other bad signings. So um it's kind of the irony of Dave Gettleman, of course. Uh, but yeah, so it, it, that, that it's just going to be very interesting to see how they approach it. So they keep talking about these tough decisions. And the only really like tough ones that you could point to would be like Saquon Barkley and James Bradbury, I guess, Blake Martinez. Um, so yeah, it's going to be a, it's going to be, it's going to be a busy couple of weeks. They're going to have a busier time getting rid of guys and probably bringing in new guys. I would say. What, what I actually think are some of the tougher decisions, like Saquon, I think should be an easy decision. I think it's tougher because of who Saquon Barkley is exactly, and not yeah. just his play on the field. Um, Bradbury and Blake, maybe a little tougher, but because their cap hits are so high, it makes it easier. There's three guys that I look at as kind of tough decisions with Darius Slayton, Caden Smith, and Julian Love, who received uh, pay increases due to yeah. their playing time as late round draft picks. You know where they can all be cut with two, you know saving two point five mil a piece on those guys with like a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand and and dead cap, like those three guys are all players like you would like to have on the roster, but like they can all like you can it also would make sense that you know you you're not missing those guys a, a ton if you do move on from them. Like what do you see happening with those three guys? Yeah, Caden Smith. I I know his knee thing was like pretty bad. I think it was knee. Um, so I, I want, he'd be a guy that I would think makes sense as a, as a, a pay cut type deal. Um, like they did with like a uh, Yadam last year or whatever. Um, so I, I wouldn't make, I mean, they don't, if they cut him, they don't have like any tight ends. So, I mean, they, they, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they literally I mean, might they have, have no tight ends. Technically they have Kyle Rudolph, but you know, obviously everybody knows Kyle Rudolph is gone. It's kind of like one of those foregone conclusions. Um, Slayton's an interesting one. I think because of the, like, just how bad he was last year, I don't know if you're actually going to get anything in a trade. I mean, you've seen, like I, I found a trade the Bills actually did. They traded Zay Jones uh, during it was during the season, yes. so it's a little different. Um, he he like was not even really playing for the Bills, and they still got like a fifth round pick for him. And I think Darius Slayton is you know at his best is you know at least as good as Zay Jones. But you know he had a bad year last year, so if if this was after last season, they probably could have got something for Slayton. But um, I don't know. So I, I could I, I don't see him as someone who might want to take a pay cut necessarily. I don't know. That'd be a tough one because I think he he'd have interest. He probably wouldn't make more than he's making with the Giants. Um, and who, who is the third guy? Julian Love. Julian Love. Yeah, I think I would think he comes back because I think he has a lot of value in that as depth in that defense. And um, he's young. And I think the coaches, I mean, Jerome Henderson, uh, I like him a lot. So I don't know that 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 I mean, his number is a little high for a backup. Um, so like it wouldn't shock me if like they cut him or whatever. But I, I, I would say out of those three, I think he's probably the most likely to be back. Yeah. Yeah, I'd hope Love stays in kind of goes back to what he was doing in 2019 and that, you know, kind of being in the box since Peppers is probably gone too. So you're going to, you're going to need that in the box guy, you know, who knows what Logan Ryan's going to be doing. You'll have, you'll have McKinney back there as the high single high safety too. Um, One final specific player question, then uh, maybe we'll touch on some other stuff. Nick Gates. Now I think we're biased on this show and you may be, you, you may we're be biased, biased because a, he's good every chance he gets. But. Yes. And you know, we're, we're biased because you know, we're, we're, we're friendly with them and whatnot. Is he healthy for this year? And what you know, f- future of Nick Gates? And this may have to be a 
uh, a humbling pill we'll have to swallow here at talking. Yeah, it's, it's a oh, tough one. It's a, it's a tough, it's a tough one. I mean, I, I don't get the impression that he'd be ready to play this year. I mean, who, I mean, he's, 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 you know, he's going to fight through it. And it, it, I mean, it wouldn't shock me if he found his way back earlier than expected, but um, there, I mean, there's just no way they're going to be able to pay him the salary he's making this year, unfortunately. Really? Uh, yeah. I, don't, I mean, what's he, he has like $2 million. I, I don't, especially for a guy that's probably not going to play. Like I, you, you hope that maybe they come to like some injury settlement where he comes back after or like something along those lines. Or, or they just cut the salary and they, you know, stash him on injury reserve for the year or something like that. But at his current salary, I, I just don't see it. Um, but again, like he's obviously so he's loved in that locker room. Um, I know the coaching staff is completely different, but um, you know, the, the I mean, John Mara knows who Nick Gates is. Like, so I don't know. Um, he's a very popular figure in there. So you hope that they at least find a way to keep him around. But uh, I feel like this year is probably going to be a lot of rehab and recovery for him. So it's kind of tough to pay him two million dollars. Well, it's just frustrating because obviously we like Nick Gates, but I, but you know, we like Nick Gates. Nick Gates likes us because he's been good every opportunity he's gotten, you know, going yeah. back to 2019 and as like, and, and every like he's role, starting every role. Yeah. Yeah. Like he, he started a game at right tackle versus the Jets and was the best offensive lineman on that day. You know, obviously a battle line. So he's been good. Uh, I just feel like there's got to be, with the way this offensive line is, I feel like you, you've got to figure out a way to, bring a good offensive line back and at least give him his shot to come back from that leg injury, whether it's, you know, moving, maybe moving that, you know, if there's someone you restructure, maybe restructure Nick Gates yeah. some way. I know it's a weird to restructure a cheaper deal like that, but like, you know, at the end of like, he was the bet. He was a better offensive lineman than Kevin Zeitler in 2020. Yeah. Like Kevin Zeitler got refreshed and went back to Baltimore. He didn't want to be with New York. And maybe that had something to do with it. But like he was their best offensive lineman in 2020. And he's a good offensive lineman. It would be, to me, besides like you know me just liking Nick Gates, I think it'd be a shame with a team that's offensive line is so bad right now to move on from a, I mean, a good one. You, you would, I mean, the, the the issue is you just unfortunately, and again, as much as I like Nick Gates a lot, I think he's a good player too. Like you just don't know what he's going to be coming out of this injury. Yeah. Um. You know, you hope at the very least maybe you can have like depth with with him when he's healthy again. But yeah, just like the unknown with him is what makes it so hard, and that's the, the unfortunate. Like he's worked so hard to get where he is, and. You know, anytime I've talked to him, he always like talked about he would he would play any position if it meant he was playing. Like he didn't care where they put him, like all that stuff. Like he was willing to make sacrifices. And the unfortunate part is he's gonna have to fight his way back all, all over again. Um, just coming off that. I mean, he's a guy that I'm not a lot of other teams like really knew about. So it was like, you know, Giants fans and the Giants knew about Nick Gates. Other people didn't really know about him. Yeah. He kind of emerged out of nowhere as a quality center and then he was gonna play guard again and then he got hurt. So um I don't know if, if he can, if he can get healthy, like there's, you know, he's a guy that can play multiple positions and he started a bunch of games in the NFL and there's always a room in the NFL for guys like that, but he just needs to have a full recovery. And that was like a gruesome injury. And, you know, I hope it's going well for him. It seems like it is, but um, yeah, that, that's, it's going to be a tough one. Cause I, I, like I said, I don't think at that salary he'll be back, but if the, if he, I'm sure he would agree to a pay cut, honestly, if they wanted him back, but we'll see. We lost BJ Hill. A seventh round pick and Nick Gates due to the Billy Price trade because Billy Price literally threw his guy through Nick Gates' leg. Um, um, Giants made a YouTube video saying how good Billy Price is. Did you see that, Bobby? Oh, yeah, in the season. I, I remember me and Zach laughing no, about No, I think this, this was recently. Wasn't this recently that they did something, like a little film study? I don't um, remember, yeah. Zach, they did the PFF well, stat. They, they, said, well, they had a tweet. Yeah, they had a tweet about like... I was like, Billy Price didn't, doesn't deserve this. Like, why would you do this at Giants? <laughs> All right, I have um building offensive line questions since that's um 
Oh, that's what everybody's talking about. And, uh, you know, I feel like this week, really, it started to heat up on socials, Giants, Twitter, whatever, how, you know, you can build an offensive line outside of round one. And I even feel like Joe Shane kind of talked about that today. And uh, I don't know if you were, you know, part of the, they did like a fan. He was was asked directly, like, what do you, what do you think about not using a first round pick on an offensive line? Yeah. So he was talking about, you know, intangibles are just as valuable as physical traits. So, you know, go ahead and give us some thoughts on what you heard today from Shane and what, what you think about how he's going about building about this off building this offensive line or how he wants to build it. Yeah. Like, I don't think it's as simple as like, they're not just because they haven't doesn't mean they won't pick an offensive lineman in the first round. Like if they, if they have a guy at number five or, you know, they trade back or whatever it is that they like, like if, if Ikonwu or uh, Neil fell them at five, like, I feel like you have to take one of those guys, right? but they probably won't. But like, that's the thing. Like if, if, if it's a player that you can build, like this is a team that just not, does not have cornerstone talent on its roster. So when that five and seven, whether it's an offensive lineman or it's something else, you pick the best player. Like I don't, it won't be a quarterback in this draft. So pretty much any other position you could argue that this team could draft. So, you know, whether that's a corner or an offensive lineman, an edge rusher, like they can get those guys in this draft. So, you know, if, if those two tackles are picked then you know, it's, I know Bobby doesn't really like Charles cross that much. Like he's, he's a name that gets thrown around a lot. I don't know how they feel about him. It's still too early to figure that out. So you, you can pick a other other positions and, you know, pick a guard in the second round that can start for you right away, or you need, they need to find the right tackle. And I think they're going to hit the, you know, the veteran trying, you know, the bargain bin and the offensive lineman in free agency. I think they're going to hit that. You, you might see that there's a bunch of guys even coming from the chiefs and bills. Uh, I think they're hitting free agency that maybe they go after like, does it, like if they, if they high, they're going to at the high end, their top free agent will be like a mid-level guy. And I imagine that will be an offensive lineman. They basically like said comments, him and Dable were like, we only have five healthy offensive linemen on our roster. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like they, yeah, they, they said that without that. even like a direct question about it. So like they know what, what they have to do. Andrew Thomas is the only one you can lock in. Um, who knows what you have in Shane Lemieux. You know, I, they clearly don't like Matt Parrott in this organization for whatever reason. Um, so that, I mean, Billy Price is free agent. I guess they have Ben Bredesen. Like they, these aren't guys that you can rely on. So I guess they got Ben Bredesen is like the whole, such a horrible, a horrible line four years after Dave Gettleman promising to fix the I know. I, I, was, I was saying to another reporter, uh, like we're going to look back at, at this offensive line, like years from now and be like, they actually went an entire season with this offensive line, like with if, Nate Square at right tackle and Will Hernandez at right guard. Like when, you know, that I think back to that Panthers game and that was a game where we gave Jason Garrett a lot of credit. It's like this offensive line is like inoperable right now. It's, 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 you know, they took like two deep shots in that game. And he, like, that was one of those games where we always ask for Garrett to push the ball downfield. It's like, nope, we're, yeah. we're fine. We're fine with not doing it, you know, in this I feel, week. I feel pretty confident it'll be better next year just by virtue of they seem to be better at evaluating offense, like Joe Shane and his staff. And Brandon Brown came from the Eagles, and they're one of the best at picking offensive linemen. Like, it, it, the odds of them, like, stumbling on, like, a, a guy in the later rounds that winds up being good are higher than when with the previous staff who – what, for whatever reason, like well, just wasn't doing that. So. And not to be- belabor Dave Gettleman at this, you know, it's he's gone, you know, good riddance. But it wasn't even like they were bad at picking off his alignments. Like they didn't prioritize offensive yeah. line over four years. Yeah. Like Andrew Thomas, Nate Solder, and Will Hernandez were like the the biggest investments. Nate Solder was a bad investment from the day from the you know the time the minute that ink was dried. Will Hernandez, I think, was a you know, you can't plan on him not working out. Yeah. That was a good investment. Really after that, that, that pick was that pick was fine when they made it. Yeah, yeah. Like their next best investment was Matt Parrott. You yeah. know who they wouldn't start over Nate Solder, who was yeah. you know yeah. washed and like not an NFL player anymore. 
you know, like that was that was their fourth biggest investment, you know. So yeah, and um, the biggest thing that came from today when Shane was talking about the offensive line is where he was talking about the intangibles, and this is a lot with what Shane talks about. Where, and again, these are just quotes. Doesn't mean Jack, right? But talking about intangibles and talking about a guy's character, I find that Shane's talking about that almost more than like what he sees talent-wise in people. Maybe that's by design. Maybe that's on purpose. But I found like he was talking way more about an offensive lineman's intangibles in terms of how he fits in the group of five rather yeah. than like how strong they are, how physical they are, et cetera. Yeah, and I, I feel like that a lot of that probably goes into their confidence and their ability to like, you know, pinpoint which offensive linemen are, have the talent and the intangibles are what separates them from being good or great or bad. And, you know, maybe guys they've drafted in recent years didn't have that or whatever or, or signed. And so, yeah, I mean, the offensive line, like they know that's their number one. I mean, their number one task is just, you know, getting a better support system for Daniel Jones. Um, but that starts on the offensive line. And it, would, it wouldn't surprise me if they have four new starters next year, which is pretty mm. crazy to think about. And it's worked sometimes. Other times it hasn't when you do that. It'll probably take time to get used to. But, I mean, it, it, it's been tear so bad the last two years that, like, they, they, need, they need something new in there. So yeah. I, I, it's going to be interesting to see how they approach it for sure. I want to correct myself. He did trade for Kevin Zeitler, which when we had uh, Zeitler on, it's like, you know that everybody hates every single Dave Gettleman move from the fan base except you. And he's like, well, I just I just want to be a good player and didn't answer the yeah, question. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Justin, is there anything else you want to hit on? I know there's, you know, there's yeah, a lot I, of speculation happening right now. I, I have one. So... Shane, I feel bad that we're not really touching on anything that Dable said, but I thought Dable's was Dable pretty... didn't say anything, that's why. Yeah, he yeah, had a really nice sweatshirt. Uh, I, I got I to see about that sweatshirt. And also, it was funny. Um, I, I, you guys you guys don't hear the like the speakers. You don't have speakers or anything. It's just the, the microphone that they're recording that goes out to, well, obviously... Actually, YouTube, when right? they talk into it, it like projects it pretty loud, actually, yeah. Because it was really funny that Dable... You can hear him breathing directly. Yeah, he's into a not the microphone. chew gum while he's at the microphone. He That's was chewing. Why. He was chewing something and breathing directly into the microphone every time he was not talking. And I'm like, should I make a compilation video of Brian Dable breathing heavily into the microphone? But I'm like, I think that's kind of mean, so I'm not going to do that. Um, I don't want. I don't want to risk the first video of Brian Dable seeing with my name on top, me like making fun of him breathing heavily. Well, I you, wouldn't want to. You, do that. you need to fill that void from your DG videos. Much I know. That's yeah. what I was thinking. I was on the train home from New York today. I'm like, should I do this? No. <laughs> Um, Joe Shane had a line about like if he gets hit by a car. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'm like, well, good lord, what is wrong with Giants GMs and fantasizing about getting hit by buses and cars and shit? <laughs> oh, but, one uh, of Dave Gellman's best line was like, I don't know, I could get hit by a bus as I walk out here. Like, we don't know what's gonna happen. He was healthy as a host, though. He, oh, he was. And so even if a bus hit him, he'd be good. So Shane talked a lot about how he kind of and this is like part of his approach. He like schmoozes coaches to like guys that he has on his radar um, via interviews. Like, Hey, sit down on an interview with this guy and see, Oh, I really like him. So ton of talk on how, like I feel Joe Shane has talked a lot about this, about how the front office works with the coaching staff. Um, And and this even includes like the list of free agents that Joe Shane has provided, like the coaches and give me your thoughts on that. So what are your, some of your thoughts on that? And you know, is that different from the previous regime? Is it that that this regime is just talking about it and therefore we think that they are about it? Or is it really, hey, this regime is about it and the last regime wasn't in terms of the communication between front office and coaching staff? I mean, it's like so since we're not like they can they can all come out on the podium and say we have great communication. Dave Gettleman and Judge Judge are always talking about how great communication was. They never but, said how, though. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, that's the thing. Like it was, it's just clear that there was a 
there was a disconnect when you look at stuff like Matt Parrott, um, you look at uh, oh, Ifadi uh, getting signed and like being put in a position that, you know, he's never played before. Like he clearly wasn't a fit for that scheme. Like that, it seemed like that was one, I'm pretty sure that was one that like, that was a front office signing more than like a coach. Like it, there was just like a lot of instances where it felt like the communication wasn't quite there. And, and you, at a very base level, you know, Joe Shane and Brian Dable have a good relationship that Shane, or maybe it was Dable. They said some, he said something along the lines of we speak the same language. And so that, that's important because like a coach has a certain kind of player that he's looking for. And the reality is the GM has to, you know, create a roster in the coach's image. It's not really the other way around. Like the GM is not going out there and calling plays and like putting the schemes in and stuff like that. So Brian Dable and his coaching staff have to, you know, go to the scouts in the front office and present to them. Like, these are the kind of players I'm looking for at this position. This is the kind of player. I'm, and I, and from by all accounts, that's what they've been doing. They've been like, they, they keep saying that, you know, they've been pressed for time. Like they, they're kind of in, because it's been so quick turnaround. He just filled his coaching staff pretty recently. So they're kind of behind the eight ball is what they keep saying, but that's kind of what happens in the first year. But yeah, I think so far it does seem like the communication is good. We'll find out, you know, we won't know, I won't be able to tell you like definitively until like, you know, maybe even the end of the season, whether, you know, it's clear, like, okay, they drafted these guys and they didn't play them at all. Then, okay. There's clearly there's disconnect there, or they signed these free agents and that guy barely played. And then he got cut after training camp or like, if that happens again, then it's like, okay, we're back to that. But I, I mean, the fact that Shane and Dable already had a pre-existing relationship is definitely a good thing for sure. I got two on the beat questions when, uh, Brandon Bean says, you know, Mitchell Trubisky is the guy you want to try and – how fast are you trying to be the first blue check mark to tweet out that – As soon as he said it, I immediately went to my phone. <laughs> I try to I, – I feel like I have a pretty good ear for, like, insane quotes, like – or not insane, but, like, ridiculous quotes like that that fans are going to, like, go crazy and start quote-tweeting. And and so that, that one's been getting quote-tweeted pretty hard, I would say. <laughs> yeah, it's, like, it's, it's always a race to be the first blue check mark to, to do those. <laughs> um, also, any run we brought it up with Jordan as well. Any run-ins with Russ Salzberg? He whip your ass, little, you know, try and you know threaten you or anything? He, he not go down into the gutter. Um, uh, <laughs> I do have a funny uh, um, on the on the beat uh, anecdote for you guys, actually. So there's this uh, there's this breakfast spot that everybody goes to like every morning here. It's called Cafe Patachu. It's like a famous spot here. It's delicious. Everybody in the NFL goes there. Um, I was getting breakfast. And Joe Shane walked in and he, and he was getting breakfast with uh with Brandon Bean actually, um and and, and somebody else um and I went up and introduced I, I haven't met Joe Shane because I, I I was off uh, for his intro presser and I introduced myself uh, hey Zach Rosenblatt engine dot com he's, he's like yeah I know I know who you are we have uh he's like I thought you wore glasses I'm like what <laughs> how would you know that he's like yeah. he so he has like photos of all the reporters that he like studied so he know what we look like and so I walked up to him and I said my name is like, oh you're I, I thought you had glasses. I don't know what the hell's going on? I was like, what? <laughs> so this guy's like studying. Like he, I mean, that's a good thing. Like he has the fact that he, you know, has look, I've never met the guy and he remembered that I was the one that wears glasses or whatever. So, Is your profile picture still you by the ocean? No, no. Well, it's, it's like a photo that they, I think, I think the, Oh no, it's the, PR, it's your, PR, like, a, like a not even that. It wasn't even that photo. I think it's like an old photo of me. That's on like my press pass. Ah, um, where I have like thick glasses. And so I don't really look anything like I do now and that anyway, but I just thought it was, I just thought it was funny that he's like, he's that, that's the degree to which he's, uh, you know, he's, he's trying to learn us and stuff like that. We'll see if, if that, I mean, it doesn't matter in reality. I just I thought that was a funny, like little thing because I didn't expect him to know who I was when I locked up to him. So. um, here, Here's another, the combine is something that we could get uh, credentials to if we wanted to, but it it's like, you know, something we thought maybe next year we could do. It's like, I don't have like a, 
a burning desire to go watch guys run in a straight line. Um, do I, you think it for what we do, it would be beneficial for us to go there? Or is it like, yeah, I mean, wouldn't it hurt? But I think they might they might have a radio row type thing. So I, I think they might have that. So if how they do, annoyed they're... are you guys if we show up and start asking questions? <laughs> I mean, there's people there's people there that like ask questions. And I'm like, how, how did this person even get a credential? So it happens. So we'll so. join that crowd. <laughs> so the thing is like so there's ruin there's, there's, the, there's, the po- there's the podium stuff and then there's the like the local beat writers get their the coach off to the side or whatever so as long as you're not interrupting the off to the side stuff then you'd be fine <laughs> yeah you, the off to the side stuff is where we got like the best quotes from um you know out, out of you guys i watched i watched both of them online and i was like you didn't get it like like the Kadarius tony what, what uh, yeah what, the Kadarius tony one was good yeah uh it's it's harder on uh, the podium because we're all like we're trying to yell out a question. You have people from like other beads who like you know somebody wanted to ask about Ken Dorsey and yeah, there's a bunch that. of Bills questions in there yeah, too, so, which is so, I mean, and I and I get it. Like this is the environment to do that in, but like so for our sake, it's like much better to when we get to like go face to face with them and we can, we don't have to yell out questions and and they were saying it's even hard for them to hear us and stuff like that. It's just it's much better. And, and Shane was good in that environment too. Word up. Word up. All right, that's an interview. Uh, Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com. <laughs> that, how end, that how you end every interview? That's an interview. I, I usually say that's a show, and I was like, oh, we're not actually ending the show. It's like, caught my <laughs> As soon as I said it, I was like, that's not how I end an interview. That's an interview. Uh, oh, Zach Rosenblatt of NJ.com, not NewJersey.com. NJ.com, who, uh, you know, Annie Apple, you know, stated quite Did I clearly, say NewJersey.com? Yes, you did. I'm such a bad guy. Swear to God. All right, Penkin. To quote, you know, to, you know, if you want to like think of their work, think of Annie Apple saying, fuck NJ.com and Dan Duggan. (laughs) I love Dan Duggan getting dragged into it. Uh, That made me, that made me laugh so much. I wish he would have had a clap back, which is, you know, it's like, Uh, Dan wouldn't do, Dan wouldn't do that. I know. It's just, uh, you know, it is what it is. All right. Zach Rosenblatt, NJ.com. Always, uh, always a pleasure. And that's an interview. Hey, Sean. All right, thanks, Zach Rosenblatt, for coming on the show. Justin, how are you? Good. Good convo with Zach. We got to find a TV show that we can both watch together and tweet about it. Um, any shows you've been watching lately? Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, new season four. Watching that every Friday. Do you even know what that's about, Bobby? No, nope. I nope, I don't. I, I do know. I have a, I signed up for a Netflix account. And I'm trying to get as many as much stuff in while um before I cancel it. Oh, I watched uh, that Boeing documentary. Yeah, that was crazy. Listen Scummy. to Superman Radio for that. I watched Chernobyl. Have you seen Chernobyl? No. Um, Russia took over Chernobyl and act, acted like it was a big accomplishment. Like, great, they're going to get radiation poisoning. Well, that's what reminded me. Like, hey, maybe I should go watch the Chernobyl thing. And then I, I, I went and read a fact or fiction article on it, you know, and it just seemed like a lot of propaganda for nuclear stuff. But also, it's like, I don't know. Um, so I'm going to trust it. But it's uh, it's pretty crazy stuff that happened. That's wild. Um, freaking nuclear crap, pissing me off. Um, anything else we can do to stall time because you're in a rush to go somewhere? Yeah, no. Let's let's annoy you. Let's not do that. Um, <laughs> going to have an interview with Bleeding Blue and Bobby's trying to stall. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday. We'll do some combine roundup. We're gonna we're gonna try and get some. Keep the show. on saying combine roundup, but it's just going to start. It is not going to be a combine roundup episode. If anything, it's going to be a combine kicking off episode. 
I'm trying to end this show and you just won't shut up. <laughs> um, listen to Simple Man Radio, by oh the way, on Thursday. God. Because I have a take and it's about your damn dog, Mikey. All right, we appreciate you guys. We'll see you on Friday and we'll see you on Simple Man Radio on Thursday. Enjoy the combine. Until then, let's. Oh, I forgot. Let's go big blue. <laughs>